Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and I am continuing my look at, or my review of, DC Universe's Doom Patrol. So the second uh, episode came out this past Friday, titled Donkey Patrol, and let's just get right into it. So there's going to be spoilers. Uh, I'm going to, I tried before to limit the spoilers, but it's kind of hard for me to really talk about these shows and not spoil stuff. So... If you do not want spoilers, uh, I would probably stop right about here. Okay, so episode two, Donkey Patrol. We get introduced to Cyborg in this show, in this episode. Now, we knew that Cyborg was going to be on the show. Uh, you know, he was he was in the trailers. I mean, he was in all the promo stuff. It, it was known that Vic Stone was going to be making an appearance, or he's going to be a member of the Doom Patrol. And that's really, really interesting for quite a few reasons. First of all... To the best of my knowledge, Cyborg was never a member of the Doom Patrol. Um, talking with Diana, actually just this morning, talking to her about uh, the Doom Patrol, she said that currently they're sort of like on their third run or third iteration. But as far as she knows, uh, Cyborg has never been a member of the Doom Patrol. I mean, Cyborg famously is a Teen Titan, a Titan, a member of the Justice League. So seeing him here on the Doom Patrol or as a member of the Doom Patrol, I should say, is really, really interesting. Now, here's the other thing, too. We've seen some different versions of Cyborg. Uh, you know, we saw him on Teen Titans, the Cartoon Network show, Teen Titans Go. Uh, you know, he's very pr uh, prominent in the comic books. And then, of course, um, you know, the Justice League film, that was sort of our first live-action cyborg. So this cyborg, Doom Patrol cyborg, is definitely different than what we've seen of cyborg lately. Why? How? All right, let's get into it. So back in my day when I started reading the Teen Titans, you know, and this was the George Perez, Marv Wolfman sort of era of it, uh, Cyborg Vicstone, he was a product of a laboratory experiment or a, an accident in, in uh, his parents' laboratory. Uh, his mother died. He sustained some very serious injuries. And his father, Silas Stone, actually built cybernetic parts for him. You know, so basically he created, he built Cyborg. I know that with, I believe it's the New 52 and what we saw in the Justice League film, it was more sort of his interaction with like a mother box and apocalypse and all that. We're going old school here. This was lab accident, uh, severely damaged Victor Stone, whose father essentially rebuilt him. I kind of like this Cyborg a lot more than the whole melding with the mother box and, and all that. And, and that one's not a bad version of Cyborg, but this is the Cyborg that I sort of know. Now, you know, and seeing all the promo material and seeing the trailers and now seeing him really kind of make his debut here on Doom Patrol, uh, the one thing I got to say is the costume. The costume or his whole presentation is throwing me off a bit. I mean, it is going back to the old school cybernetic actual parts where he's actually he looks to be a bit more man than machine uh and that's kind of the cyborg that i'm used to back from those days but 
I think what's throwing me off is the fact that we get, uh, you know, you, you definitely, you, you know, you see his face, you, you, you sort of see the cybernetic implants that he has on his face and head uh, and on both his hands, possibly his arms. See, because that's the thing is he wears a tracksuit really the entire time. Uh, even when we see him in Detroit sort of being a hero, he's out there in a hoodie. So we're not really getting big glimpses of Cyborg just yet. The costume looks, I mean, he kind of looks like if a very good cosplayer went to a con as Cyborg. It's not horrible, but I was kind of hoping for a little bit more. And maybe we'll see more as as the series goes on. Because like I said, right now we see him in hoodies and track suits. But there is a scene here where we kind of harken back to his accident, the accident that basically led him to becoming Cyborg. And we see that the, the, the damage is a lot more extensive. So probably as the series unfolds, we're going to learn more and more. And that's the thing that I kind of like is I, I would say that this episode, episode two, Donkey Patrol, is really sort of part two of the pilot episode. Uh, you know, we pick up right where we left off. Uh, there's basically a giant hole in the ground in Cloverton, Ohio, where the Doom Patrol live. Uh, and it swallows up the city. It swallows up the chief. And it also swallows up Crazy Jane because she is determined to get the chief back. She pretty much throws herself in there. Um, when all is said and done, the town is pretty much gone. And the remaining members of the Doom Patrol are left. So... Where does Cyborg figure into all this? So we kind of cut quickly to Detroit where we see that he's already an established hero. And basically the story that we're getting on Cyborg here is his accident happened a few years ago. His father built cybernetic parts and now he's trying to become a member of the Justice League. So he figures if he is a vigilante, a local sort of hero, and he keeps working on improving himself, that one day the Justice League will call him. And I like that. I like the fact that they have that shout out to the Justice League. They also have a shout out to the Flash. Uh, there's a joke later on involving the Flash, um, where Cyborg basically says he's not as fast as you think he is. Uh, he is that fast, but um, I kind of like that. I kind of like his origin here, and I kind of like the, the fact that they're referencing the DC universe. I think they're doing in that one kind of quick little exchange there between him and his father talking about becoming uh, a member of the Justice League. I felt more at ease in this universe than I did back in Titans, where I felt they were shoehorning and forcing a lot of things in there, you know, with the talks of Batman and the Joker and that felt really, really forced. Like the show was trying to remind me that I was in the DC universe where Doom Patrol, and here's the thing, Doom Patrol is, I mean, essentially their D-list heroes, I guess we can call them. I mean, they're really on the fringes there. There's not a lot of Doom Patrol fans out there when you compare it to some of the DC mainstays. So they really could kind of skirt around the fact that they're in the DC universe. I mean, they don't really need to mention that extended universe at all, but they do. And they do it really, really well by just kind of, you know, throwing it out there real quick and moving on. But anyway, like I said, you know, this episode is really, I felt like a continuation of the pilot. And, you know, going forward, we're going to go deeper into the story here. So really in that first episode, we really mainly got the origin of Robot Man. And we started kind of scratching the surface on Elastowoman and uh, Negative Man. 
here we started digging deeper really into them. I mean, we continue to explore Robot Man, the whole sort of idea or his sort of thinking of the fact that his daughter is still alive, uh, information that was really kept from him from all these years, and him dealing with that. Uh, and then his interactions with Crazy Jane and sort of seeing her as a surrogate daughter. We delve deeper into the backgrounds of both Rita and Larry, a uh, last woman. <coughs> Sorry. Elasta Woman and a Negative Man, I mean, we really kind of delve more into who they are, and I like the way they did this. Um, again, this show, it's very clever. It's very well written, very well staged or planned or thought out, I should say. Um, you know, I, I really feel that unlike Titans, where, you know, they're taking... And here's the thing. Titans... Those heroes, they're established heroes. We know them. We know Robin and Raven and Beast Boy and Starfire. I mean, they really kind of are the core of, of the Teen Titans, of the Titans. We know them. You don't really need to kind of cram them and force things down my throat about them. But they did because they dramatically changed them. I mean, you 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 know, if you read the comics, even if you read, you know, from New 52 on, you know, forget reading back the stuff that I used to read back in the day, even if you read the newer stuff, you can't tell me that what we saw on Titans is anything like there was in the comic books. Like, it wasn't even based off of that. Now, again, I don't read a lot of Doom Patrol. If anything, I read, you know, some of the digital comics kind of leading up to this show, stuff that uh, DC Universe recommended that I read. They keep it pretty close to the source material, I feel. And with Cyborg, kind of going back to that old school Cyborg, a Cyborg that I knew, like, that that's the Cyborg that I first read about. They really are kind of keeping it close to, you know, the source material. I mean, again, let's look at Cyborg. You know, we see that he really doesn't have a great relationship with his father, Silas. I mean, if anything, Silas is almost like a taskmaster. He's almost... Oh, God. I mean, I don't even know what the word is. I mean, he's, you know, is is he doing this out of love for his son? Is he doing this to try to remember his wife? Does he blame Victor for the death of his wife? And this is kind of how he's grieving. And these were things that we kind of saw in that that first run of Cyborg where, you know, there was that lab accident and, you know, his mother did die. He was barely alive and his father saved him, but seemed to kind of resent him for the fact that, you know, he lived and his, and his wife didn't, you know, meaning that Victor lived and his wife didn't because, you know, if you ever kind of read that Cyborg, his parents were brilliant, brilliant, brilliant scientists, and Vic Stone was an athlete, you know, wanted nothing to do with science, anything like that, kind of considered a disappointment by his father, but now it's sort of like his father can be proud of him, or or can he? You know, is he trying to create the son that he always wanted? You know, and, and I mean, we're getting this, and it's very, very subtle, and it's done through the writing, and it's done through the interactions of the characters and the dialogue. It's not constantly forced down my throat with, like, over-the-top violence and 
darkness and grimness. And there's violence in this. And there's some grim tones and grim overtones in this show. And, you know, yeah, when I talked about Titans, my big complaint about that show was just dropping the F-bomb left and right. But they were just doing that for the sake of trying to shock you. Where here, Robot Man, you know, he says shit. He constantly, you know, when things go wrong, he's like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. It fits. It fits his character, even when, and I said this last time, you know, when I was talking about Elastowoman, about Rita Farr, I'm like, well, she's this refined 50s actress. You're never going to hear her drop the F-bomb. Well, she does in this episode, but it fit because she was incredibly frustrated. Um, I'm going to dive into that in a bit. You know, I'll talk about the story a bit, but just, again, you know, really kind of looking at things like the way DC Universe, I mean, DC Universe this this streaming service led off with titans this was their big thing this is what they were going to use to kind of lure people in to buy the subscription service and after watching titans and seeing other stuff that they offer i mean i think they made a mistake i mean i know that might not be a possible you know a, a supported theory out there or a supported thought because apparently titans did very well and a lot of people did like it but after watching Young Justice and after watching Doom Patrol, this is the stuff they really should have led off with. But granted, you know, Young Je- well, Young Justice is probably a little bit more well-known and nobody knows the Doom Patrol at all. And, you know, the things that they have coming up for DC Universe, I mean, Swamp Thing, Stargirl, yes, they are going to do a Harley Quinn cartoon. But a lot of stuff they're doing are... are st- are shows or characters, I should say, that hardcore comic book or DC fans are going to know. But here's the thing. The writing on this show, the acting on this show, just everything about this show is vastly superior to what we saw on Titans. All right, look. This is a review of Episode 2 of Doom Patrol, so let's get right into it. So, like I said, it pretty much picks up right where we left off. Um, Mr. Nobody, he's after the Chief. Um... He doesn't care about the Doom Patrol. He actually wants them out of the way. So he creates this vortex in the middle of Cloverton, sucks up the entire town, takes away the chief, and in the process also gets Crazy Jane. Uh, Robot Man is sort of at his wit's end. Uh, we, we can see that he's already, v, already developing an attachment to Crazy Jane, not a romantic one. I think he sees her, and we really get this in this episode, this is the daughter that he never had a chance to raise. I mean, yes, we do have the flashbacks when he's learning how to walk. We get some flashbacks in this episode when he's taking care of Jane and he remembers taking care of his daughter. But realizing that, you know, those kind of happy memories he had with his daughter, they were fleeting and far between. He was not a great guy, you know. He was this race driver, egomaniac, full of himself, didn't take care of his wife, didn't really take care of his daughter as he should have, and now he has a second chance in Crazy Jane. So seeing her disappear, that's his whole thing, is we have to get her back. Larry and Rita, they have other plans. Uh, They don't want anything to do with it. Larry actually kind of makes the point when they're standing in this wasteland of what's left of Cloverton, which is really nothing. Uh, He says, you see, this is what happens when we try to live in the world. The chief was right. We never should have left the mansion. You know, we don't deserve to be out here with regular people. I'm all done. Rita 
is very self-centered. She's like, I knew we shouldn't have gotten involved. And it's it's kind of interesting to see how they move on from here. They both head back to the mansion. Uh, Larry kind of... Well, actually, no. They don't both head back to the mansion. Rita does head back to the mansion. Larry decides to go somewhere remote. Goes to a bus stop. And this, this is actually a very... You know, or a bus station, I have to say. This is a very funny scene where he's like, give me a ticket to nowhere. Where is the furthest place I could go? Woman at the counter's like, such and such Montana, big sky country. You'll be in the middle of nowhere. That's great. Gets his ticket. Sits there. The bus pulls up. And whatever being lives inside him has other plans and pretty much flies out so larry collapses uh he tries this several several times you know he tries to get on a bus and he knows what's going on the being that's living inside of him doesn't want to leave wants to stay larry kind of gives in and is like fine i'll go back to the mansion where we find rita pretty much going through her day-to-day routine as if nothing happened who's crazy jane is she gone I wouldn't know. She's just trying to ignore it all. It's very, very interesting because, like I said, uh, Cyborg comes in. He gets a news feed. He, um, you know, through his cybernetic implants, uh, he accesses Grid, which is pretty interesting because if you know, and again, uh, I'm just going to say spoilers here because this is a this is a comic book thing. Grid has made an appearance in the comics in a couple different versions or iterations. Now, the grid that I understand, and I'm sure there's a couple of other versions out there, so if I don't touch on those, just please understand, this is the version of grid that I under, that I know. Grid was basically like, a, not like an AI, almost like an operating system that Cyborg used to help kind of run all of his parts, get information, whatnot. Uh, Grid started to develop consciousness and realized that the really only way to exist was to really increase the cybernetic parts on Cyborg himself, to basically turn Cyborg into a living robot, basically a very much upgraded version of what Robot Man is, but really no organic parts left at all. So it was pretty interesting when he accessed Grid. I was like, is this going to come into play later in the show? We'll have to see. But uh, he gets a news feed. You know, he he wants to tackle some real crime. He's doing street-level stuff there in Detroit, breaking up muggings and things like that, trying to get the notice of the Justice League. And, you know, his father is just like... You know, you're you're showboating too much. Uh, you know, you got to work harder. But, you know, if you work hard, uh, the Justice League will come calling. I know it. I know it. And Victor's like, look, I need a break and kind of goes uh, into like a privacy mode and just tells his dad, look, I'll, I'll touch base with you in a day or so. You know the drill. Well, by accessing Grid, he gets a news feed about what happened over in Cloverton. He hears the name uh, Niles who is the chief and we get some flashbacks and we see that Niles actually helped Cyborg out a lot. Now Silas, his father pretty much built the cybernetic parts and, you know, maybe the chief helped him out in some way, but the chief really is almost kind of like a surrogate father figure to him. So when he hears that this, that, that the chief is missing, he heads over to Cloverton. He's got to see what's going on. As he's heading on over there, we pretty much see Robot Man. We see the donkey from the first episode. Now, I didn't really talk about the donkey too much. The donkey kind of preceded the whole vortex that we saw at the end of the first episode. Uh, He farts. The donkey farts. Uh, There's a cryptic message in there. And then pretty much this wormhole opens up. 
Uh, so we get Robot Man pretty much running around this wasteland trying to catch this donkey. Cyborg shows up, captures him, and is like, you know, explains who he is, how he knows the chief. We got to find the chief. So they head on back to the Doom Mansion where, where everybody else pretty much is. And it's really interesting here because uh, the donkey pretty much expels out Crazy Jane. We start seeing a lot of her personalities, and one of the personalities that comes out—it's a new one, one we haven't seen yet—is Baby Doll, uh, little girl. She does her hair up in these little pigtail bunches, puts on a little girly voice, and she is a huge cyborg fan. Robot Man is not happy about this because she's actually repulsed by Robot Man. She's actually scared of him, and. You know, we could see that Robot Man is very much like trying to bond with Jane. Again, that father-daughter thing, you know, whatever it is. And here comes a quote-unquote seasoned hero, uh, an experienced hero, kind of swoops in and starts saving the day. So he pretty much skulks off to himself, goes into the lab, and he discovers a series of video cassettes with Jane's name on them in numbers, Jane number one, Jane number two, he realizes that the chief has actually kind of mapped out all of her different personalities. Uh, we watch the tapes, we see the different personalities, they talk about the underground. Uh, it seems that these personalities, until they rise to the top and come out, exist in the underground. Uh, and there's one there that really doesn't want to leave the underground known as Katie. Uh, we're kind of cutting back and forth between Robot Man discovering this and Cyborg kind of questioning Baby Doll, um, trying to find out what happened. You know, where's the chief? And you know, she's like, you know, I keep telling you, I didn't see anything, but Katie did. And we discover that Katie is a personality that does not like to come to the surface. Katie doesn't like to be questioned. She does not like to be interrogated. As soon as Robot Man discovers this, he realizes, oh my god, I hope Cyborg is not doing that too late. He is. Katie emerges. Uh, and really what we discover is, you know, they're coming together as a team now, reluctantly. The donkey is there. They kind of realize that the donkey is a gateway to this other dimension. They're like, how are we going to get in there? Well, Alaska woman is going to have to kind of go into blob form, and they're going to have to kind of funnel her in there to see what's going on. It's a very, very funny scene, because before Rita can turn into this blob, she needs to emote. She needs to do her her uh, acting skills, her acting little exercises I guess to get in character of being a blob. Very, very funny, very, very interesting. But basically what we get is we get um, the three of them, uh, Mr. Negative and Elastawoman and Cyborg, kind of get sucked into this alternate dimension as Crazy Jane and Robot Man, they're kind of hashing out their things on the outside. Uh, Alan Tudyuk comes back as Mr. Nobody, um... Not narrating as much as he did in the first one, but he is narrating here and again breaking the fourth wall because there's at one point where he's talking and the chief even says to him, who are you talking to? And he says, Grant Morrison wannabes, Reddit fans with a DC Universe subscription, and the three fans that stuck around after the donkey fart the last time. So Mr. Nobody knows he's on a TV show. You gotta love it. Um... We get insights into these three characters, Cyborg, uh, Mr. Negative, and Elastawoman. We discover some things. Uh, 
with Mr. Negative, we learned, you know, we knew this from last time that he was this sort of all-American hero, test pilot, late 50s, early 60s, living the American dream, except he had a horrible secret. He was a closeted homosexual. Um, You know, he's struggling with that. He had to choose between, you know, his perfect sort of American life or spending time with his lover. Uh, We see Rita, basically there's something with a baby. She had a baby. She gave a baby away. There's something there. She has some sort of deep, dark secret. With Cyborg, you know, we see the accident. We see him sort of being rebuilt. And what's interesting is, is, you know, he kind of taunts Mr. Nobody. Like, you can't get in my head. Like, you know what it means to be Cyborg? Uh, You know, because... Mr. Nobody is talking about how there was this lab accident. It was his fault that his mother died. And he's like, I know that this is why I'm cyborg. You know, it's, it's a, it's a pledge. I made, and he gives this speech. It's a pledge I made to my mother and I'm living it out now. And knowing that she'll never know that I'm living up to the, the to her pledge or this pledge I made with her. Like, this is what it means to be cyborg. He kind of gives this whole inspirational speech. And Mr. Nobody laughs. He's like, you don't even have memories. You have programming. What's unique about that is at the end is when his father comes from for um, even even finding the Doom Patrol, even trying to find the chief, the father gives the exact same speech, word for word what Cyborg did. This is what it means to be Cyborg. And Cyborg starts to realize, you know, these memories, this this motivation, this drive I have, is this mine or is this programmed in me by my father after the accident? This is such a great show. I, I mean, I, I'm really loving it. Uh, I was worried that the pilot was going to be great, and then is this going to be like Titans? Are we going to kind of go downhill from there? I mean, I didn't love the pilot of Titans, but you know, it just seemed show after show would disappoint, and then an episode would come up which would catch my interest. Overall, not. I mean, this this is a great series. I'm really enjoying it. I'm I'm absolutely loving it, and I can't wait for next week's episode. Alrighty, guys, thanks for hanging in there. Thanks for listening to my take on the second episode of Doom Patrol entitled Donkey Patrol. Uh, as always, like I said, every week uh, I'll come back. I'll be talking about it all the way up until the finale. This is Jay, and I will most definitely talk to you guys later.